Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Here on episode number 42 of Timberwolves Explosion. It is a pleasure to have you on board with me once again today. I thank each and every one of you, always, for downloading and listening to this show. Great to have you on board, as mentioned. This show is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, and is also hosted on TimberwolvesPress.com. A pleasure working with them as well. All right, well, today's show, of course, we're going to get into four games. That's right, four games. Aren't you excited? <laughs> the Wolves, of course, one and three in that span. A pretty violent loss, a pretty vulgar loss to the, uh, whatever word I can use for it, to the L.A. Clippers at home, losing by 25. 120 to 95 on the 16th, Wednesday the 16th. Last Friday, a 112-96 victory over Sacramento. That also at home. Wolves then head to Boston on the 20th, Sunday the 20th, lose 122-104. to And then last night, another just just another disgusting loss at home. Um, and no, it's not, I'm not here coming up here saying, hey, you know, we can't lose games because, you know, we're, we're, we're not rebuilding. We're supposed to win 50 games this year. No, of, of course not. But still, it's just, it was a really unimpressive performance. It, it just was. It was unimpressive. If you're going to lose, I, I like to see signs of uh, things. And uh, the Clipper game and the Atlanta game really stood out to me in a big way. There was, those games were pretty disgusting, to be honest. So, at least in Boston, you saw some energy from Johnny Flynn. So, we're going to get into those. And, uh... We're going to get into some Al Jefferson conversation, but uh, right in between the games and the Jefferson conversation, which will, of course, start up the uh, the next segment. There'll be two segments today. This one right here, I'll do the game reviews and such and, uh, you know, banter about about the games and about players on the team and stuff, like like always, you know, a little bit of background stuff on the way. And then, of course, and then the second deal, we have a call from Bob from Minneapolis. So, Bob, if you were wondering... I got your uh, call in pretty much just a few hours after I had finished the last show. So no, I did not miss your call uh, on the previous show. I didn't. I, I didn't know about it yet. I received it about 9 p.m. the night uh, in the night, and I did the show at about three in the afternoon that day. So last Tuesday. So nope, did not miss your call. You will be on the air today. Lots of points covered by Bob, and we're gonna try to get to all of them. I got them all right here. <laughs> good, very good call in. Looking forward to talking about it. So here we go. We're going to get into the games right now, and then, of course, we'll get into Al Jefferson. That's kind of how Bob Bob's call perfectly segues into Al Jefferson with one of his closing statements in his phone call. So got to like that. Got to like how that turned out. It's perfect. So here we go, the game against the Clippers. This, of course, last Wednesday, a week ago already. My well, time flies. Couldn't have gone far, and couldn't have... Uh, couldn't be far enough away, though. The LA Clippers are having a decent season. They were 11 and 13 as of that night, after their victory over the Wolves. Chris Kamen, my God, has that guy really come on? He is really uh, becoming a great player. He's averaging about 20 and 10 this year, and didn't really see that coming from him. You know, he's been pretty much a injury-prone guy all year. Uh, Eric Gordon was all over the place. Just hardly anything positive going on. Uh, Marcus Camby. Five blocks in the game was everywhere. We're constantly talking about how this guy, even though he's 35 years old, he still he still plays like he's about uh, you know 20s, mid to upper 20s. 
I mean, he's still about the same player he was, oh, 10 years ago, about 10, 8 to 10 years ago. I haven't really seen any, any change. He's been injury prone in his past, but still looks really, really good. Does, uh, uh, Marcus Camby, man, I cannot believe it. Really, nobody stood out in this game other than Kevin Love, though. I mean, for the Wolves, it was a pretty rough game. Um, statistically, Nathan Jawai, you could argue, had his best game of the year. But there was, you know, there was some ugly stuff as well. Corey Brewer got blocked four times in the game. Four times. It was just, the Clippers made us look like crap pretty much most of the game. Flynn was fairly unimpressive, didn't shoot well. Um, only three assists in the game, two turnovers. That That's a not a good assist-to-turnover ratio, I might add. And, of course, Ryan Gomes being out of the lineup doesn't help. It, it really doesn't. He's that stabilizer, and the Wolves, you know, Damian Wilkins is, is also that kind of player, but when you're missing one of them, particularly the actual starter of the two, it's not good. It's not good at all. And the Wolves don't seem to count on Damian Wilkins as much as uh, uh, Ryan Gomes. And I I like, I happen to like Damian Wilkins quite a bit, but uh, really the more, most positive aspect of the night was Kevin Love. He just continues to, uh, to shine brightly. Sessions was solid. Uh, the Sessions, see, I'm, I'm really starting to see why they are commenting on how Sessions is good in the triangle. Uh, you know, he's he, he's not a shooter. He's he's not a shooter, and I know that's one of the major. That's the main probably about the main thing for me. You need at least a couple guys who can who can hit those outside shots in the triangle because you're moving the ball around like crazy. You need a big man who's competent or two, and the Wolves have two. Um, Neither of them are a true center, though, unfortunately, but you get the idea. Uh, you need that. You need a guy on the block, and then you need at least two decent perimeter shooters as you're moving the ball around because if the, uh, like in the Laker era, well, if Shaq's double-teamed, you're able to kick it out really quick to the, uh, you know, when you're rotating the ball literally in a triangle, you're able to kick it out to the uh, the perimeter shooters who are rotating around, and all of a sudden, by gum, one of them's wide open, and they continue to knock down those shots. And, oh, now that they're focusing on the outside shot, Shaq single-teamed, boom, you know. And uh, that it, it gets the way with Jefferson, too, when, when he can get those shots inside. Uh, he seemed to kind of rever- revert back to his baby hook more in this game. I didn't really see as much up and under from him. And the times he did do it, yeah, he, he got to the free-throw line. Jefferson doesn't get to the free-throw line when he, when he relies on that baby hook shot. It's too much of a... You're, you're pretty much just trying to evade the defender rather than draw contact, whereas on the up and under, it's a little bit more of a physical style, and uh, to be, it's just it's just better. It's just plain is better. But uh, I'm kind of rambling around, but kind of went off topic. I was getting into Sessions here. What Sessions does, his passing, the, his release on his pass is, is fantastic. It really is. Like He got three assists in this particular game, but... Every one of them, though, it's, you know, they rotate the ball around, they kick it out to one of the uh, perimeter guys, it gets to Sessions, and all of a sudden the ball from is out of Sessions' hand and already into a wide-open uh, Kevin Love or somebody like that, maybe a Damian Wilkins, right under the basket. It's just, it's it's awesome to watch. Or Corey Brewer, actually, because Corey Brewer cuts a lot to the basket, and that's, that's good. That's part of the triangle as well. Everybody's rotating around. Um, the ball usually moves in a triangle motion. Uh, it's a, it's... Sessions does a good job in that, and that's where uh, that's where I'm really impressed with with Ramon Sessions. Like the guy can't shoot. He did make all eight of his free throws in this game, though, which is amazing. Ramon Sessions making all eight free throws that's that's absolutely amazing. But uh, 
the guy who actually played fairly decent, though, was Nathan Jawai. Nine rebounds, or excuse me, 9.7 assists. He led the Wolves in scoring going into halftime. How about that? Just, you know, you, you look at it and you see the halftime leaders. Nathan Jawai? Unfortunately, no, he didn't score any more in the second half. What a frickin' surprise. Um, and, of course, he was blocked pretty pretty harshly down the stretch by Marcus Camby. It was pretty ugly. He blocked a couple times yet again. It's just embarrassing. Twice. He got blocked twice. And then um, <laughs> and then Al Jefferson got, um, Al Jefferson blocked, uh, or excuse me, he's, excuse me, I'm not looking at this properly, but uh, Nathan Jawai actually was the guy that blocked Al Thornton. Nathan Jawai blocked Al Thornton on a layup attempt. People went crazy. And that was pretty much the highlight of the game other than Kevin Love playing pretty good. Nathan Jawai blocked Al Thornton. <laughs> that that was just funny. I <laughs> He's just not the kind of guy that you see as a shot blocker even a little bit. So it, it was just kind of funny to watch. Uh, Al Thornton put up a pretty lazy attempt because he figured, ah, Jawai will never block it. He's too, you know... He's too roly-poly, I guess you could say. He's just—he's not the, hes not an athletic guy. He's just not, and he's, he's slow and all that stuff. But, uh, okay, en- enough of this game. It sucked. End of story. And uh, let's move on. So the next game, luckily the Wolves wake up, and they are on. <laughs> they get the long straw in this game. They actually won by 16 points. The Timberwolves won by 16 points against the Sacramento Kings, avenging a 20-point loss a mere six days earlier. In Sacto, the up in California's capital, where Arnold likes the Sacramento Kings. He loves them very much. It's a beautiful thing. But, uh, okay, enough of that. What a fun game this was. This was the game of the week uh, by far for the Wolves, obviously, because the rest of them were just blowouts. They were very ugly blowouts. Friday the 18th. This Brewer had some steals that led him to exploding to the basket, which is exactly... What I liked about him in the 07 draft. In this game, Corey Brewer looked exactly like the guy that I was hoping the Wolves were going to take with the 7th pick in the 07 draft. And they they took him, so... <laughs> they took him, but he wasn't that guy for quite a while. But finally, he showed some of that here on this particular night. It was, it was a beautiful thing to see. Tyreek Evans wasn't amazing. He shot poorly. He only had 10 points. He was 4-12 from the floor. But he did get 8 assists in the game. And, uh... That was the good part, at least. But uh, I, I got to think the fact that Tyreek Evans didn't really—he was pretty much off his game offensively in this particular day, and that could not—that just did not help the Kings at all. Beno Udre continuing to hit threes. He was eight of fourteen from the floor overall. Just a nice shooting night for a team that overall didn't shoot so well in the game. Only forty-three percent. The Wolves shot fifty-five percent in this game. So it was more or less just the Wolves dominated the Kings offensively. It was just, they had their fresh legs, their shots were sharp, and the um, the Kings weren't. It was just not the Kings' night at all. This Jason Thompson kid, though, wow. I mean, I, I started to like him last year when he was a rookie. Man, what a, what a beast. I don't really think of him as a center. He's not really that tall, but he's, he's the center on the Kings, and of course, this is the era where most of the centers in the league are power forwards now. L. Jefferson, uh, Amari Stoudemire and so many others. Shucks, even at some point, you could even say Dwight Howard is more of a power forward than a center. Really? I mean, he's only like 6'10", right? So, 
it's weird. You know, he's not the classic seven foot guy like a Ryan Hollins. Yet Ryan Hollins, <laughs> he's he's definitely not like a true center either. He doesn't play that style. He's more of a mid range shooter. It seems like other than his inside dunks, and he had definitely he, he had some on this particular day. Four of five from the floor, all pretty much that inside game by Ryan Hollins, and it was a uh, pretty impressive. So before I get too long winded for the sake of time, we'll get going here. Kevin Love continued to dominate on the boards into the second half and did a really nice post move for an and one off the glass, which drew a foul from Tyreek Evans. Says, yeah, Evans just this, this wasn't his day at all. Kevin Love just, he's been having a really nice year. You could almost say Kevin Love's the MVP right now. In fact, I would probably say Kevin Love is the MVP of the Timberwolves right now, to be honest, because Johnny Flynn's too inconsistent. Jefferson is also inconsistent. Love has been consistent. I mean, he had, what, 20 rebounds last night? We'll get to that in a sec. After a quiet first half, though, Johnny Flynn really started to pick up his game in the second half, getting five quick assists in the third quarter. He had five assists in the third quarter after having none in the first. One was a nice behind-the-back uh, behind pass to an open Hollins in the pick-and-roll. It was just a, it was a beautiful play, not to mention six points in the third as well, so... Johnny Flynn definitely stepped up in that third quarter, and that was when the Wolves started to really make a move in this particular day. The Wolves led pretty much the whole game, but they really built up in that second half, particularly led by Brewer attacking on the break, hitting the occasional shot. He actually hit a couple shots in the game, too, but mostly attacking on the break and setting up K-Love on that and one with a perfect entry pass. Just It was perfect. Perfect entry pass. Because a good entry pass is one of the most underrated aspects of the game as it can really play an important role and the success of your big man. It, it really can. It just it makes the game so much easier. Obviously, your field goal percentage goes up when you're making plays like that, and uh, that's pretty much why the Kings whooped our you-know-what a week before, because they were the ones, you know, doing those in, those entry passes to guys pretty much right under the basket. You know, it, it's a... i got to stop saying you know so much. Ugh, it's, anno- it's annoying me as I'm saying it, so I apologize to you listeners out there. I'm starting to sound like uh, Denard Spann here. But, uh, ugh, okay, enough of that. But, yeah, it really does. It, it's just basketball is such a simple game if you just pay attention. Just stay alert, make make some nice passes, and it, it changes. I mean, everybody's field goal percentage is way, way up. It's probably about 10% higher usually for your team when you can make that split decision right there in the spot and zing that ball into somebody. And uh, Corey Brewer's starting to figure that out, a guy named... Wayne Ellington's really getting, you know, he's starting to show a little bit of that as well. He really is. And I'll, he made a really nice pass last night. Unfortunately, it was his only assist because he didn't get to play much. But I'll get to that in a sec. So this was the 80th game in the all-time series with the Kings. The Wolves led 40-39 to coming into this game. Thankfully, it's 41-39 to now. Damian Wilkins also showed his value after a Jefferson miss, slapping the ball out of Green's hands and scoring for an and-one. That was a pretty good play. Definitely a good play there. A perfect example of a triangle play was shown when Jefferson did a quick pass out of the post to Sessions, who immediately zinged the ball into an open brewer for a layup. That's what the triangle is all about, folks. And th- there it is. There's another example of what of where Ramon Sessions' value comes in with the triangle. Now, it's not just Sessions. It's Jefferson getting it to Sessions because... It's almost like in it's almost like in hockey where it's two guys getting assist. You set up the first guy to set up the next guy. It's boom, boom, boom. That that's how it works, and uh, that's 
Excellent. That's what I like about the triangle. I love that kind of stuff. I used to watch the Lakers very closely, not because I like them, but because I like the triangle offense. That's what it is. Jefferson clearly showing his classic post moves again and not mortgaging his game on the baby hook like he'd been doing the first five weeks of the year. Is this, this game he really looked like the real deal in this particular game. Had a really, really nice game, did Big L. At least down the stretch. His numbers don't really in, um, indicate that, but overall he played a smarter game. He had 16-9 and nine in the particular day. Kevin Love had 16 rebounds and 5 assists to go with 20 points. I mean, what a valuable guy he has been for this team. And even Pavlovich hit 2 of 3 from 3-point range. That's, that's the amazing part. Mr. Inconsistent himself. I like uh, <laughs> Sasha Pavlovich. He's, it's like his real name is Alexei Pavlovich, but it's they call him Sasha. It just gets confusing and kind of weird for a guy who's not even good. So en- enough of that. i got to keep going here. Moving right along, right? Sunday the 20th, the Wolves head to Boston. And uh, no, it wasn't a one-point game like it was uh, the last time. It, it really wasn't, was it? <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Rajon Rondo, 15 assists in the game, was everywhere. And, and you know what's amazing about Rajon Rondo? For a guy that can't shoot, uh, so they say, and no, he's not a great outside shooter, his field goal percentage is about 50%. And it was 50% on this particular day. 6 of 12. So for a guy that can't shoot, he still he still gets it done one way or the other. And he got 15 assists in this game. I mean, this guy, Rajon Rondo, was one of the most underrated players in the league. Some people out there will tell, will tell you he's overrated. Oh, no. Oh, no. Rajon Rondo is an all-star point guard, in my opinion. And I wish I wish so much that Rajon Rondo was in that Kevin Garnett trade. God. Because Kevin McHale was vigorously trying to get the Celtics to give up Rondo in that deal. And McHale finally gave in when it was like, they just weren't going to bite. They weren't going to bite. If you're going to get this trade done, you had to just give in and take Sebastian Telfair. <laughs> Sebastian Telfair. What a utter bust he he always what an utter bust he's been from day one in the NBA. Yuck. Yuck. He had his moments, but overall didn't like him at all. Fortunately for the Wolves, Johnny Flynn showed up to play as well. His eyes lit up a little bit more when he saw Raj on Rondo on the other side. And Rondo not only is a great overall point guard, about as true a point guard as you're gonna get, but he's a great defender. Johnny Flynn still got his twenty-one points, but it didn't come. At, but uh, it did come at a cost, though. Four turnovers with only two assists for Johnny on this particular day. A little bit less organized with the ball as a point guard. Played more of like a shooting guard in this particular day when he was, as mentioned, eight of fifteen from the floor. Jefferson really stepped up. Nine of eighteen from the floor, twenty and eleven. Kevin Love was fifteen and eleven. Only shot the ball eight times and made five. Uh, yeah, i got to get Kevin Love the ball a little more than that. But, of course, he was in foul trouble in this game. Ryan Hollins is in foul trouble every game. He fouled out last night as well. But in this Celtics game, uh, yeah, he got two blocks but five fouls. It's, he's, he's just too out of control. If he can somehow stabilize him his game a little bit, he might become a decent defender. But he's, too, he's just too out of control. And that's unfortunate. It really takes away from something that just might be there when it comes to him, but overall, the Celtics, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen just dominated this game. Kevin Garnett was fairly quiet, only shot the ball five times in the game. 
did get two blocks. Perkins got three blocks, though. Man, alive. Perkins a little bit crazy, but uh, so six turnovers, but he played a pretty sound game overall, offensively and defensively. The guy is becoming a really nice player. As you remember how people were like, uh-oh, so this great uh, 07, 08 Celtics team, you know, with the big three. Yeah, look, look at the other two starters, though, Rondo and Perkins. <laughs> Those two guys have worked out so nicely for the Celtics. Boy, what a step up they took last year, and they're even better this year. The guys that were looked on as role players or inexperienced and all that stuff are becoming pretty valuable pieces for this Celtics club. And uh, I'm sticking with my prediction at the beginning of the year. The Celtics will win their second title in three years, and most likely that'll be it in terms of winning championships. They may have an opportunity to win one more after that, but we'll see. Doesn't matter right now. Um, This team, though, yeah, you can just tell. When I watch this team, they really play the game right, and they... I'm surprised the Wolves got 100 points against the Celtics with, with Garnett there. See, the Wolves got 100 last year against the Celtics when Garnett wasn't there. And Jefferson had a huge game and all that good stuff. He had another huge game, too. But the Celtics still just manhandled the Wolves down the stretch, and uh, that's what matters most. The Celtics were just manhandling the Wolves the whole game. as The Wolves tried to make it a teeny bit closer down the stretch, but it didn't really matter. Celtics just <laughs> took us apart. Not very entertaining game for the Wolves. So now we get into last night's game, which was, to be honest, extremely boring. Jefferson and Love, though, both shot over 50%, but the guards did not. <laughs> 5 of 12 for Brewer, 5 of 13 for Flame. Pretty pretty uh, slack, just out of control kind of game for the uh, for the guards. as they uh, Brewer and Flynn combined for 7 turnovers. 7 turnovers, 5 for... Jefferson, three for Wilkins. What a turnover nightmare. 22 for the Wolves. 22 to the Hawks. 10. This Atlanta Hawks team is really, really developing into something. Really developing into a nice team. They're actually, I believe they're tied with the Orlando Magic right now. How how about that? Tied with the Orlando Magic for the lead in that Southeast Division. I would love to see this uh, Hawks team make a move. It would be better than seeing Orlando again, to be honest, who I thought was a pretty weak team. In the NBA Finals, what a weak opponent they were for the Lakers. Some people out there are thinking Orlando is going to go back and win against L.A. this year. I can't. I can't go there. I can't do that. That's that doesn't. That just. I. I, I disagree. I think they're they're good, but I don't think they're a championship team. Okay. Okay. Another digress for me. What a surprise. Everybody on the Hawks played well, really, to be honest, and the Wolves just nothing great. Kevin Love, though, with 19 rebounds, not 20. Um, 15 points, 17 points, and 10 for Al Jefferson. The forwards did play pretty good. It's just, it was the, it was the turnovers. Though This team is so sloppy in this game. And here's an, another thing. Ryan Hollins with three turnovers. Why is your backup center getting three turnovers? He also fouled out of the game. And even better, no blocks. Why, why is this guy looked on as such a great shot blocker when he doesn't get any? But real quick, one good thing, though, I mean, the guy was all over the place offensively. He, he really was. I mean, you give him the ball with a slight, with with an opening, you know, around the paint area, the, that guy is going to put it in. He had one dunk where it looked like he was about nine feet away from the rim, and he just put it in with without really hardly jumping forward. I mean, this guy is a really long individual. If he can bulk up a little bit and and tie up those loose ends defensively, Stop being so out of control. The guy could be a pretty good player, but 
who knows if and when he will ever do that, really, to be honest. Now, one of those dunks by uh, Ryan Hollins was just a great play by, uh, by, by Wayne Ellington. He was kind of driving to the basket, turned, and flipped it to a cutting Ryan Hollins. Just a great, smart basketball play by, by, by a rookie shooting guard, Wayne Ellington. Just a really nice, sound play. I like Wayne Ellington. He's a, he's a pretty smart player. His shot selection isn't always great, but when he makes some of his passes, they're really, they're really nice plays. The guy's learning the triangle a little bit. That wasn't necessarily triangle. That was more of a break, but it, it looked good. I, I was impressed. Other than those couple of small aspects, not a pretty game. Not a pretty game at all. So I'm going to digress a teeny bit. It's still Hawks-related, as that's pretty much all I need to say about the game. Uh, there's a little talk about Joe Johnson, possibly. Started by, it was started by Ostie Wolf, who's one of our loyal listeners to the show, and a nice poster over there on uh, sportsstuff.com. I'm going to get into this super quick. It's pretty much I'm done reviewing games now. But before I go to break, yeah, Joe, Joe Johnson. There's a talk about would he be a nice addition for the Wolves or would he fit, would he would, would he work for the Wolves. And uh, I personally say uh, he would definitely work for the Wolves. Yes, he would definitely be a fit. I think he would fit into the triangle nicely because he's a guy who can definitely hit that outside shot and he's a good passer. He can drive, but he can also sh- shoot from the outside. I mean, I think the guy would be wonderful for the the triangle. He, he can definitely make some nice passes. He's a just an overall good passer and a nice outside threat as well. Um, a, a player like that, to me, fits in great into the triangle. He, he really does, in my opinion. If you disagree, you can call in and, and tell me or post on the boards or whatever, but I also made that comment on the message boards. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to come here because... Atlanta might offer him a ton of money, and I don't think you'd give $80 million to Joe Johnson. I just don't. He's good, but he's not He's not Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade level. He's just not. Even Chris Bosh isn't Dwayne Wade level, but you get the idea. He's not in that tier. He's in the second tier, or tier 1A, so to speak, of free agency, in my opinion. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see what happens. As it looks like this show is going to go a little bit long again, as I apologize. That's just the way it's going to have to be right now. Um, some of the uh, some of the rules on Timberwolves Press may have changed a little bit, so I might have a little more leeway here going on with this uh, podcast. So I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to get to uh, we're going to get to the call by Bob, and we're going to discuss Al Jefferson as well. So we'll be right back in a second. <laughs> And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 42 of Timberwolves Explosion. Of course, today is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2009. Not sure if I mentioned that, but uh, as I mentioned, we got a call from Bob who covers a lot of stuff, so we better get to that right now. Hey, this is a message for uh, Joey, uh, host of the uh, Timberwolves Explosion podcast. This is Bob in Minneapolis. Just want to say, love the podcast, Joe. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, just wanted to throw a quick comment in there about the Wolves. I know it's been a struggle this year for us. I've been a fan since 89. Went to the first game at the Metrodome. And I've uh, been diehard ever since. But it's been tough, man, listening to these local reporters uh, talking about how bad they are. I mean, the, the Wolves have stated from the beginning with all their TV advertisements and radio advertisements, 
but they understand this is a rebuilding year. I mean, they've been basically giving tickets out. I mean, Rainbow Foods had a promotion a couple of weeks ago where if you bought, like, two gallons of milk, you got free tickets. So the Wolves have been doing everything to just try to get people in the seats. Um, you know, I think the ownership knows that, you know, hey, this is a rebuilding year. They, they, they'd be lucky if they'll you know, make serious money this year. So I give them a lot of props for trying to build this team up. I think we're putting the right pieces in place. Uh, so I was very, very impressed with the Utah game uh, the other night. Uh, to beat the Jazz twice like that is uh, unbelievable. Jazz got a very good team. And what fun it was to watch a Johnny Flynn uh, with, you know, three seconds left. Uh, you know, that, that really takes some guts to make a move like that. If you watch that, he just burned Williams around the right-hand side. It was unbelievable that speed that Johnny Flynn got. So that was fun to watch. Um, NBA TV is still talking about Corey Brewer's dunk. They just showed a highlight of it, the one he had over Derek Fisher uh, against the Lakers. So, you know, the Wolves starting to get a little bit of props uh, in the media, which I think is great. So it's going to be a long year. It's going to be a long season. But uh, I think we got a lot of things in the right place. We can keep these guys. Uh, you know, I, I, I see good things coming. I don't think I see Jefferson staying very long uh, with us, but if we can build around the pieces we've got uh, around him, I think we've got a lot of potential. So, anyways, keep up the great work, keep up the great podcast, and, uh, again, this is Bob in Minneapolis, diehard Timberwolves fan, so take care. All right, I thank you for that call, Bob. Um, it's a little long, but it, but it's all right. You know, um, usually I'd say keep the calls to about about a minute or a little bit longer. Uh, this one is about two and a half, but it's all right. We'll just keep going here. I'm not going to complain about it. It was good. It's great to have a call, and you're the actual first call in to Timberwolves Explosion, so I appreciate that very much. Do consider signing up on the message boards on the sportsstuff.com if you could, and definitely call again, Bob. That was uh, excellent. So now I'll stop rambling and get to the call here. It's, uh, first of all, it's great to hear you're a fan. You, you've been a fan since uh, 89. That's fantastic. I appreciate the kind words in my show as well, by the way. But, yeah, I've been a fan since 89 as well. You're going all the way back to the beginning. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the Metrodome back then. But um, other than that, yeah, I've been a fan for a long, long time. Back to the beginning, the Pooh Richardson era, Brad Lohaus, <laughs> all those guys. Uh, yeah, I could go on forever about all the uh, old old names on this team, including Tyrone Corbin, who's one of the better ones. Yeah, I definitely hear you about the... Uh, the negative uh, local reporters in this town, it's, yeah, it's pretty much, they just blow them off. Like, look at KFAN, pretty much. All they talk about is the Vikings. Now, I do a podcast on the Vikings, Purple Mafia, which is, I appreciate it very much. It's almost like my meal ticket here when it comes to podcasting because of the fan base. But it gets kind of old when it's all they talk about is the uh, Vikings and not the Wolves. They just kind of blow them off, and they treat them like they're worthless, and who cares? Why even give a damn? You know, I, I disagree. I, I'm going to always give a damn. And plus, you know, like like you say also in this call, there are too many uh, too many good young players on this team to for me to not be interested. I mean, you got Johnny Flynn, Corey Brewer is so fast. Kevin Love has got an all around game on the offensive side with the assists. The, the rebounding is insane. That's tactically defensive, you could say, unless it's offensive rebound. Uh, and you know, his inside game has improved. His outside game has really improved. And he's certainly faster, so that's something you could definitely get with. And, uh, yeah, the Wolves have stated a million times it's a re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-rebuilding year. 
And uh, I even mentioned that on a video I did on YouTube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. Check that out, Bob, if you'd like, and other listeners out there. YouTube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. It's called uh, Timberwolves Review 2009 Paladino Live. So that was a fun video to make. It took about three hours. <laughs> well, editing takes forever, folks. It really does. Especially if you wanted to make it look a little bit somewhat more professional than, than other people out there. And, yeah, the Wolves are definitely giving away tickets. I, I can't believe how cheap the ticket prices are in this town for the Wolves. It's been uh, amazing. I need to get my butt to a game as soon as possible. Just my early morning schedule doesn't always help. But right now I have a lot of time off. Maybe I can get something going here in the next week, at least get to some game of some kind soon. I really should. Flynn's, uh, like, the, the the victory over Utah, both of them were just really entertaining. The one on the road, though, was pretty amazing. I, like, I bet nobody saw that thing coming. And that move on Darren Williams was, was, was beautiful. It, it really was. And uh, Johnny Flynn, to, to the point, about a couple of episodes ago, I was seeing how, man, it seems like nobody on this team can hit that big shot down the stretch. And Flynn was the guy that did. It wasn't necessarily a shot, but it was a scoring play, and it was a legitimate scoring play. It wasn't lucky. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't just a uh, ugly, boring, you know, little tip in or something. You know, like you know, that somebody else missed and you just tipped it in. No offense to Damian Wilkins, but that wasn't like a great play. It was just a fortunate play, and uh, it was it was gutty as well on Damian's part because he was falling backwards when he was able to get it up. But a, a little bit more luck involved. The, the ball happened to bounce to him and not the other direction. If it went the other way, well, the Wolves would have lost the game. So <laughs> that was a one-point game at the time. Uh, good play by Johnny Flynn, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's really great. That that uh, Corey Brewer dunk was one of the one of the dunks of the year. One definitely one of the plays of the whole season. It was on the front page of NBA.com, and yes, NBA TV was talking about it quite a bit. That was awesome stuff. And I'll get to your final point, which will segue perfectly into where I'm headed right now. Uh, you don't see Al Jefferson staying very long. And uh, you know what? I'm not really sure either. I'm not really sure if he'll be staying very long either. But uh, I, I've been impressed with his with him the past couple of weeks. He has been playing more of a triangle-friendly type of game with those nice kick-out passes. Because that's how the triangle works. The ball goes in and it goes out and it goes around and in and out and around and all that good stuff. Jefferson's getting a little better at it, but um, ultimately, yeah, I'm not really sure he's in the Wolves' long-term plans. You've never really, I've never really felt that, but he does seem like a better. He, he he does seem like he fits in better than he did, so that's all up in the air. I'm gonna have a poll on Jefferson also in a second, but I'm gonna very quickly get to an article here before I before this gets too much longer. And again, I apologize to those of you out there that want this podcast to be. 30 minutes or less. It's just not going to be today. There's, there was a lot to cover. I was going to do the show yesterday so I could add the Hawks show on next week's show, but it didn't work out. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's kind of another 10 minutes or so to the show. So here we go. There was an article in the Pioneer Press talking about how Timberwolves GM David Kahn expects to finish the season with current the current players. So that might nix a trade for Al Jefferson coming February. We'll, we'll see, though. And his reason is he wants the full season to evaluate his young players. And uh, his quote is, I haven't made one trade call since we started the regular season. So that's very interesting. Very interesting, if he's telling the truth. I really feel the players we have deserve to be evaluated on a season-long basis. I would be content if we don't make a move. So far, David Kahn hasn't been too uh, 
you know, he hasn't kind of thrown out, like, lies or anything so far. You know, a, a lot of GMs lie, and, you know, even though there's a trade on, on the, you know, on the block right now about to happen, and they say that. But <laughs> we'll see what happens, though, to be honest. As David Kahn also continues saying that, as they say how David Kahn's mental toughness will continue to be challenged, I don't want to try to put a happy spin on everything. People can see can see through that. What our fans deserve this season is honesty. Everybody recognizes that we need to add players. Khan admitted, well, there you go, that he had, he has had a few calls from other teams asking about possible deals, but the talks did not progress, and Khan declined to identify the teams or Wolves players in question, and of course he's going to do that. Maybe off the record he mentioned those, but not on the record. So he also got to go back to that awful uh, 41-point loss against the Golden State Warriors, Khan recognized that the, or criticized the players for having no fight and changes had promised changes would be made if the pattern of poor play continued. Blah, blah, blah. Continues on there. Wolves started to play a little better, though, not long, not too long after that, beating Denver and Utah twice. Utah twice, Denver once. That was nice. We've had some bad losses since Golden State, but we haven't given in like we did in that one. We're getting better in a lot of ways, and I agree with that as well. That quote, I've said on a number of occasions recently that I've seen the light come on with our guys, Rambus said. So now we're getting to Rambus here. They're starting They're starting to get it. You can hear them talking through their mistakes during the games and making the corrections. And, yeah, that's really good to hear. You know, you like players that are more, you know, focused on growth or focused on growing. So that's the good part. Ryan Gomes, who was mentioned to be out a few weeks and he's been out the past five games already with that high left ankle sprain. Returned to practice Monday, but his status for ten, for uh, yesterday's game, or tonight's game, actually, tonight's particular game is uncertain. He still doesn't look 100%, Rambis said of Gomes. We wanted to see how he responds at the shoot-around, but still unavailable. Gomes has started in the in the absence. The Wolves are 2-3 and three since Gomes was injured December 12th in, in uh, Sacramento. So that concludes that. Lots of interesting stuff there. That there, yeah. There's been calls, but he's kind of pretty much putting the kibosh on a trade at this point in time. We'll see how long that goes. So that will segue me into the very final segment, or not segment, the very final deal here on the sportsstuff.com, on the message boards, on the sportsstuff.com, which I do want you to sign up for. I'll say that right now. There's a button in the upper right hand corner in the TSS boards. You click on that. That's how you can sign up. There's a register link. Uh, Bob from Minneapolis, hey, come on here. We need more support for the Wolves here on these message boards here. It would be great to have you on board if you'd be willing to do that. Of course, it's 100% free and 100% fun, and that includes the rest of you. Aussie Wolf was nice enough to join a few months ago, and he's been a good contributor on there. Um, but the question is, the poll question I put in the uh, Timberwolves Explosion section, There's you're on the boards, then you go to the podcast section, and then the Timberwolves Explosion section. The poll is, how long will the Wolves keep Al Jefferson? There are four possible answers. Long term is one. Another year or so, a trade could happen is two. Work where a trade could happen in another year or so. Uh, three is he'll be traded by the, he'll be traded by uh, this summer. And number four, he'll be traded by the February deadline. So do make your comment right there. Right now, I'm thinking he'll be uh, I'll go with number three at this point in time with my gut feeling. He'll be traded this summer, so which could include the draft. Be, you know, that's obviously after the season. So there you go. That's my current vote.
for this. So please get on there and vote. Also, don't forget to comment if you'd like to comment your reasoning why or just conversate with me and, and other members of the of the boards. It'd be terrific. So nice to have you on board. Also, be sure to check out that video, youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. Took about three hours. It'd be nice to have somebody watch it for all that work, even though I didn't make any money doing it. Like, I, you know. <laughs> So it'd be great to have you listen to that. Also, do check out TimberwolvesPress.com if you'd like as well. Until then, guys, we're going to take, we're going to call it a week. Again, I apologize. This is about 40-plus minutes now. Um, I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas. It'll be, I definitely guarantee, a shorter show next week unless, like, some massive trade happens, which I doubt will happen during the Christmas week here. I don't think that's going to happen. That'd be kind of harsh. Um but yeah, I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, whatever it is. Thank you all very much. And uh, we'll have one final show of 2009 next year, and then we'll get into 2010. Things will get super interesting with trades and free agency, <laughs> and who knows what else. But all, overall, we'll just keep covering this club right off the bat in January 2010. So we'll talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>